You're listening to the Big Air Movement Podcast, powered by U.S. Fan Co., produced by the Podcheck Studio in Fort Worth, Texas. Here's your host, Ryan McConnell. All right, so today's topic that we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about portable fans. And portable fans, we're going to be talking about that in relation to how to use a portable fan, how to use a portable fan to save a little bit of money, how to use a portable fan to cool your house, cool a space, cool your animals in some occasions, and, and maybe even if you worry about this, maybe cooling some machinery. Joining us today, we've got John Fox in the studio. John, why don't you give a, a little background on uh, what you know about portable cooling and why you know so much about it? Uh, so I've been in the HVAC business for uh, better than 40 years right now. Mostly uh, ventilation products, probably 20 years in, in ventilation only. I was an applications engineer for probably 15 of those years. So I talked to a lot of customers with a lot of unique problems uh, and trying to help them pick the best solution for it. Let's walk through it. So I've got a couple different categories that I I put portable fans into. So I talk about uh, drum style fans. So a drum style fan or it might be called a barrel fan. Oftentimes people just say those big industrial warehouse fans. And what that is, that's a portable fan. It's not one that's affixed to anything like a wall or ceiling. And that's something you could roll around. It's got a drum on the outside typically, and that's going to house the, the fan itself. It's going to protect anybody from putting their, their hands in a spinning blade. And typically, it's going to have a protective grill on either side. So we're going to call that a drum-style fan. Other style fans include a floor-style fan. And oftentimes, this is just your typical fan that's going to be on the floor. It's going to have a protective guard on either side. Sometimes it has a drum. Sometimes it doesn't. And oftentimes, it has has feet or, uh, or some type of legs that keep it on the floor. And then we're going to talk about a pedestal-style fan. So a pedestal-style fan is a portable fan. You can move it around. But it's typically going to be on a, it's going to have a base, it's going to have a pole or riser, and then the head of the fan is going to be attached to that. Now, of course, you could have a drum that's attached to the top, or you could have just kind of that cage-style fan that is uh, is going to protect the actual spinning propeller on the inside of the spinning blade. That's the general categories that we oftentimes put portable fans in, and for every type of fan, there is a use and there are multiple uses to those fans. When we talk about these in in general categories as well, you can talk about cooling people, you can talk about cooling spaces, and you can talk about cooling, let's say an animal, you know, like like, uh, livestock, horses, things like that. And you can also talk about cooling machinery. When I'm speaking about that, it's let's say you have a like a, some sort of industrial piece of equipment puts off a lot of heat, and you have to use some sort of ventilation to to keep that cool. And oftentimes you don't have to do that all year long. Maybe maybe just at certain times of the year. John, let's walk through and, and think about when you're cooling people. Let's say for industrial applications. Let's take it like a like a commercial warehouse, a pick and pack operation. What are some of the things to think about? as it relates to cooling people? When you're cooling people, you know, the advantage of using fans is you put air over the person, they, you evaporate the sweat off of them, and they feel five, seven degrees colder than they do if they were just sitting in still air. It's highly flexible. So if the people are on one line today and another line tomorrow, you can move the ventilation with the people. And it's much more inexpensive because you don't have to cool the whole space. So a lot of warehouses are in metal buildings. The sun's beating on them. They're not well insulated. If you're going to try and put an air conditioner in there, it costs a fortune. 
right? But if you put a you know high velocity uh, ventilation fan, either either floor mounted or pedestal or drum fan, you can get a cooling effect to make the entire area tolerable. Uh, you know, it's not as cool as if you're air conditioned, but you can certainly work in that environment. Is it better from your perspective? Is it better to move a whole uh, a larger volume of air over people or a smaller volume of air that goes a little bit faster over someone when you're trying to cool a person, let's say in a warehouse environment in the summertime. So it depends how many people you have, right? So if you have one fan and one person, you know, you're doing spot cooling on that person, you know, that that's fine. You know, just blow the air over that individual. But once you get three, four five people, um, three, four, five fans, you got lots of power cords on the floor and, you know, it's a trip hazard and all that kind of stuff. So you're better off with one big fan in that situation. Yeah. Okay. So give us an example of maybe a type of fan that might be used in that. Um, and you don't have to use brand names or anything like that, but would that be kind of a drum style fan would be a pedestal style fan or, or all the above. Right. So a little bit of all the above, but if you do a floor fan, you're generally only doing one person. Right. If you do a pedestal fan, the advantage of that is you can do a couple of people because you can pick it up off the off. You know, it's up off the floor and it can blow along two or three people. But once you get more than three people, you really need a drum fan with a lot of throw. So a large drum fan, you know, can cool, you know, a dozen people. So when you're talking about drum fans, it, uh, I hear a lot about CFM. So tell me a little bit about CFM and maybe we can talk about the types of how big a CFM you might need for something like this application. You know, CFM is cubic feet per minute, right? So if you imagine a 12 by 12 by 12 cube, you know, one of them, you know, thrown every minute is one CFM, you know, you know typical cooling fans, you know, maybe a, a box fan or something would be 800 uh, cubic feet per minute. Uh, high velocity fans might be, you know, 1800 cubic feet per minute. Pedestal fan could get you up to 2000 feet per minute, but a drum fan can get you to 6,000, 8,000, you know, they can, they can get a lot more, right? But the stuff that most people buy that 300 to $500 range, probably 4,800 to 6,000 feet per minute. Yeah. So let's say I'm a consumer and I'm in uh, or a business owner and I'm trying to cool a bunch of people in a warehouse space in a commercial shipping operation or pick and pack operation. And I'm, I'm at I'm trying to figure out ways to cool my people down. And I can I could go to Walmart and I could buy 50 box style fans for around thirty dollars. Right. Or I could buy, let's say I, I could buy one or two giant 60 inch drum style fans. And maybe that's probably the equivalent dollars. Are, are there any things to think about in terms of terms of maybe safety, about how much energy these are using, what what advice might you give there? So box fans have uh, evolved over the years to be cheaper and less powerful, you know, really tiny right now. If you put 50 of them, you know, down a, a pick and pack line or something like that, you got all the extension cords. Uh, each one of them is likely to fall over if it gets bumped. You know, it's just a cluttered mess and it's not moving that much air. Maybe by the time you're done, it's it's moving the same amount of air, but it's not all directed in the in the same path, uh, you know, all the all the people. So you're much better off with something, you know, from my standpoint, 48 to 60 inches in diameter, you know, one plug, big air blowing right down the length of the line where the people are. You know, it, it just works better because you get higher velocity further down the assembly line. 
Let's talk about cooling a space. So we were just talking about cooling people and some of the ways that you could do that. How about uh, how about cooling a space, like a large, let's say you're doing the same thing, you're cooling like a large warehouse or a big barn. What are some ways that people can use ventilation in order to do that? So, uh, you know, if you mount, mount a fan in the, in a window area or in the, in the one end of the barn with a, one, the doors open and doors open at the other end and you, and you get a, a flow down the length of the barn, uh, you know, that's pretty good because you can take the hot air that's been building up inside of the, of the space uh, and exchange it with air from the outside. So that's, that's more of a ventilation strategy than an air circulation strategy. If you're going to do a circulation strategy, you're going to be blowing right on the individual and try and get the evaporative cooling effect that we talked about earlier. Yeah. And now a word from our sponsor. Big air ceiling fans help with year-round comfort control, constantly mixing air in your space for an even temperature. They move up to twice as much air as a standard ceiling fan and cost just pennies a day to operate with a motor that outperforms traditional AC fans in efficiency by 65%. With Big Air, set your thermostat, save money, and enjoy your home. Explore our full fan offering today on usvanco.com. And we're back talking with John Fox, who's a licensed professional engineer. And we're continuing to talk about portable fans and the use of portable fans. Again, we talk about portable fans on the, this podcast, basically to talk about ways to ventilate, to use ventilation in order to cool spaces without the use of expensive HVAC. And so we're continuing to talk today with, with John about uses of drum style fans, floor style fans, pedestal style fans on cooling people. And now let's, let's transition. Let's talk a little bit about space. We're, we're, we're talking about larger, larger fans, cooling spaces. What are some safety things, safety elements of safety that we have to think about when we're cooling larger spaces, John? Well, you want to be careful that you have something appropriate for the space. So if you're going to do, you know, a barn or a uh, you know, something where there's grain storage or things along those lines, you're going to want totally enclosed equipment, possibly even explosion-proof equipment if the space is uh, rated as a hazardous location. Most aren't. But you don't want to build up a, of dust or sediment, you know, straw and things like that inside the fan because there's a possibility it could ignite. You don't want the fan to be located in a place where it could be knocked over. You know, bigger fans are pretty stable, but little fans are, are a little top-heavy. Uh, another concern would be water. You know, if you have uh, some kind of process where there's a lot of water being used or you try and use the product, you know, outdoors, you know, you want to make sure you're on a deck or something like that where it's protected from any water. You don't want an electrical shock hazard. There are portable fans that are specifically rated for outdoor use, which would include a ground fault circuit interrupter built into the plug or into the fan someplace. So let's uh, pause there and let's talk about that a bit. So uh, ground fault circuit interrupter, those are the big boxes at the end of a power cord, correct? You want to talk a little bit more about that? What they do is they detect any leakage of current from the power side of the product to ground. So if there's any current at all on the ground or very low, very low level, less than, you know, like 10 milliamps or something like that, the, uh, the device will open like a circuit breaker and uh, will prevent anybody from getting electrocuted. So I have just a normal, let's say I buy a fan at, 
at uh, some retail store, and that fan doesn't have a GFCI on it. And let's say let's say I want to use that outdoors. How how dangerous is that? I see it all the time. You see people at, at RV uh, camping and with RVs, and they they keep them running outside. Oftentimes, people will hang fans underneath a uh, underneath a patio, and uh, and obviously, I, I think in many cases, I'm not seeing that that big GFCI. What's the what's the big hazard there? Well, electrocution, right? So, you know, <laughs> is it okay? Well, you know, it, it might be okay, but you know, it, it also might not be okay. You know, and and it depends on direction of wind, direction of water, how much water, how much moisture. You know, you're, you're taking a chance and it's kind of a needless chance. You know, there's safer technology. If you want to use it outside, just buy something that's traded for outside. Yeah, it's going to add maybe 30 bucks to the cost of the product, but it's sort of like set it and forget it. How about long term? If something's outdoor rated, does a product last longer if it's outdoor rated? Uh, generally, when a company offers a product to be outdoor rated, they'll think of things like UV protection in the in the paint. They want to make sure that their, the corrosion, you know, the thickness of paint is uh, thicker so that there's no, no possibility of corrosion or uh, there's always a possibility of corrosion. But, you know, less possibility of corrosion, you know, the wiring will be rated for UV light. You know, it's just it's just much more carefully thought out for being outdoors. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. One time I was down in Florida on the coast and you can go to all those little, you know, kind of crab shacks and things like that. Typically they have a nice patio kind of overlooking a bay or overlooking the ocean or something like that. And I noticed when I looked up on the uh, on the patio and they had a bunch of fans look like those fans were they were rust. Typically they're rusted over almost completely. The blades were rusted. If there was any type of housing or a protective cage that was rusted. Uh, that to me probably seemed like that wasn't an outdoor rated fan. Would you imagine that? Good chance it wasn't, but I, I will tell you that salt air uh, by the shore is just brutal and it rusts everything. Let's talk about cooling animals here after this break. Big air ceiling fans help with year-round comfort control, constantly mixing air in your space for an even temperature. They move up to twice as much air as a standard ceiling fan and cost just pennies a day to operate with a motor that outperforms traditional AC fans in efficiency by 65%. With Big Air, set your thermostat, save money, and enjoy your home. Explore our full fan offering today on usvanco.com. So we're back talking with John Fox about portable cooling, and we're talking specifically about cooling animals um, and cooling pets. And we'll start with a story. This I see this a lot in North Texas, where I live. And oftentimes I'm at a friend's barn or something like that, and I see them using a box-style fan on, say, a, a horse stall inside a barn. And I look at that oftentimes, and, and that box fan is typically covered in dust, call it like little pieces of hay or, or things like that. And I look at that and I wonder, that seems like that is an accident waiting to happen. Do you have, do you have any comments on that, John? Yeah, it absolutely is an accident waiting to happen. It's covered in dust. Uh, it's not rated for that kind of application. Uh, you know, eventually, you know, over time, motors break down and you're in a really dusty environment with an open motor. All that stuff works on the insulation, on the windings of the motor. Eventually, it's going to short and it catches fire. And there are lots of people who have experienced barn fires and, and lost all their animals. Right. And it's it's preventable because there are products that are specifically made for 
you know, that kind of environment. Yeah, truly nothing is more heartbreaking than to hear about a barn fire that's that's been unattended and um, somebody comes in later and there's, uh, you know, these are their babies, basically. These are these are members of their family that uh, that have been lost. So, right. You know, you saved a hundred bucks on a fan, but what did it cost you? Exactly. So talk about if you were going to design a, a system in order to cool a barn, what would you recommend? So I do two things. Um, I, I probably use a wall mounted fan actually with a totally enclosed motor and mounted high blowing down on the barn. Horses sometimes get annoyed by the little box fan running and, you know, try and get it. And, and they're, they can be quite persistent when they're trying to knock something out of the way. Uh, and the other thing is at the end of the barn, you want to make sure that you have a, maybe a drum fan moving air all the way down the length of the barn, you know, one blowing in, one blowing out, right? That way you don't have any heat built up. And if you, if you can vent the roof at all, you know, that would be another good option. Yeah. That's something I see a lot is oftentimes people complaining about where they've got a barn that they're trying to cool down and they've got just, you know, one fan at the entrance and they're just blowing it into a enclosed space. I think, I think something that you pointed out that a lot of folks don't think about is you've got to have air, air coming for the air that you're pushing into a space. You have to have air moving out of that same space or else you're just simply pressurizing the space. Correct. Right. If you only use one fan, you're going to blow a little bit of air in and then it's going to start to leak out. But usually it leaks out through the same door that you're blowing in. So you just get this little recirculation effect in the area of the fan. But you're not really cooling the whole barn. You know, it's marginally better, but it's not a solution. How about smaller pets, something like dogs and cats inside a home in the summertime? Let's say we've we've talked about the use of whole house fans in uh, our previous episodes how about if folks, I've got a lot of calls from people that have outdoor spaces that they're trying to cool for, let's say, a kennel for dogs, and they're trying to come up with, uh, with ways to cool. Do you, have any, do you have any thoughts on in terms of safety and uh, effectiveness there? Right. So floor fans are really good for that. And, you know, if, if you locate them kind of centrally in the space, blowing in one direction and the air can go like down to a wall, hit the wall and then come backwards and you sort of get a, a recirculation flow established. You know, the animals will find a spot where they feel the air moving and they'll they'll naturally lay in front of it or stand in front of it. Yeah. And um, if, of course, if you have a dog in a kennel or something like that, and maybe the best way is to just make sure that there's air movement coming in through the front grate and then somehow escaping through the, the, the air holes on the sides, I imagine. Um, not necessarily just, just pushing air uh, where, the, where the animal can't feel that. So let's talk a little bit. When you, when you look at the all kinds of different styles and shapes of portable fans, I, online you can easily see you could spend up to $10,000 on some larger drum-style fans, let's say like 60 inches and above, and you can go all the way down to a, a small desk fan that you're spending $6 for. Is there any, any hints or tips that you might have for, for our listeners to, um, to try to find the best deal? Is there, is, there anything, is there any specific size that maybe is the most affordable but moves, the, moves more amount of air for, for our listeners? So most affordable, you get to that 18 to 24-inch kind of um, uh, floor fan range. That's uh, relatively inexpensive. It does a nice job if you only have a handful of people or pets or kids in an area. When you start to get into a more industrial uh, application, you got to really be thinking, 
you know, in terms of, you know, 300, 500 hours for a 48 or a 60 inch uh, drum fan. Um, you know, the really big ones are, 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 you know, the really expensive ones are very specialty purpose uh, kind of products. Yeah, you probably don't have to go to that, but but five, six hundred bucks is going to do a nice job, particularly in a barn. Is it safe to say that the more expensive is not always the better? Is that would that be safe to say? I would say that the more expensive, you don't always get more value. Right. You can pay a lot more. Maybe it lasts longer. Maybe it's more energy efficient. But, you know, by the time you're up to six thousand dollars, you got to save a lot of money in order to ever recover that investment. Thank you, John, for joining us today, talking all things portable fans. We talked about all kinds of different types of portable fans, from drums to floors to pedestals, different uses, cooling people, cooling places, cooling animals. We talked a little bit about pricing and size, and we encourage everybody out there to play with some ventilation, see what you can do, see how you can maximize your savings each week, and join us again on the Air Movement Podcast. Podcast.